Hey, you there with us, Leslie? I sure am. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. Hi, Megan. Hi, David. Hey, we're so excited to talk to you. So I'm going to go ahead and kick off the intro here real quick. Um, hey, welcome everyone to the Magical Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts podcast. Um, I'm here. My name is David Staub. I'm here with my lovely wife, Megan. Hi, everyone. And we are talking to the uh, very, very intuitively gifted and uh, talented Leslie Whirling, uh, psychic medium and Reiki master. Not only uh, great accolades there, so so impactful positively and special to Megan in her life and uh, most recently in my life along with Megan. So thank you so much for making time for us today, Leslie. Of course, it's my honor. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and anyone listening, Leslie is, I mean, so gifted, you guys. She has led me to so many amazing things in my life and I'm just so forever grateful for her. And so I'm just so excited to have you on here. Thank you, Megan. I know I'm so excited too. And you know, the journey that we've had together has been meaningful for both of us. And and I just appreciate this opportunity and I'm always grateful to channel for you, to be here, to be connected to both of you. And I'm just grateful for this time. That's awesome. Oh, I mean, it's crazy to me um, how much so many things in your sessions have come literally completely true with Megan. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, Megan's been in the um, intuitive spiritual space for a lot longer than I have. And I'm, I'm, you know, just a couple years into it. So it's just still, I know I should just start expecting it by now, but it still just blows my mind how these <laughs> things just come to fruition. So anyway, uh, so before we get started with uh, all with your gifts and all that, um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how old were you when you realized you had a gift? Um, you know, your childhood, all that stuff. Well, that's an interesting question because I don't really think I understood what I was dealing with, that I had spiritual gifts until I had moved to Austin, which was back in 2011. And I came here with my now husband and I was not happy in life and I started seeking more depth within myself and that was inclusive of trying to meditate for the first time and it was through meditation actually I joined a meditation group and in that practice the very first experience was just mind-blowing um, meeting totem animals seeing angels and really experiencing journey style of meditation that i hadn't experienced before and that night all these gifts that i had dealt with my whole life came flooding back and it was a night of no sleep <laughs> and a, a lot of <laughs> spiritual incidents like you know, hearing people talking to me, feeling people sitting on the wow. bed, touching me, um, just wow. being flooded with these senses that over time and, and in working with them, I came to realize, you know, that makes sense now why I was seeing stuff in my bedroom at night and why I was always afraid to have any part of my body outside of the covers because I was always 
worried about who and what was touching me at night, you know, touching my arm or putting their hand on my head. And, and I came to realize that this has been with me my entire life and in different formats. It's changed over the years, but it's been sort of exposed and I've been working on it since 2011. Wow, that's amazing. Girl, I would have thought that you were tuned in way be- I think when I met you, it was 2014. So like that is if you had had three strong years to really start developing these gifts. But girl, I would have thought that you had been working with this stuff for many, many years, which is incredible. And it gives people hope to know that, you know, this stuff can happen quickly, you know? It's not like it has to take 10 years for you to develop and become tuned in, you know? That's true, but I do have to say in that time, I really started working on self-development and healing. And so that 100% went hand in hand with the meditation work. You know, I was just trying to figure out who I was at that time and what my next step was going to be, you know, was I going to stay in Austin? Was I going to stay working in physical therapy? I wasn't happy in life. And so I started doing that digging and realized I had a lot of healing to do from my past and it all just really went hand in hand. And so it was maybe, I want to say it was in 2000, late 2012, maybe, when I started working on and off with a mentor. And at that point, I had already started practicing channeling by myself and was becoming successful, but a little bit frightened by it. I didn't still yet know how to channel, like how to control it. And so for me, I realized it was time to start working with a mentor. And it wasn't long before you know, I was reading for friends and, and acquaintances and she made me read for her the very first time we sat down. So it was quite the journey, but it, you know, it, it was not without profound healing on my own. Wow. That's awesome. What it makes sense. Yeah. That's such a powerful thought process and revelation that like, as you begin and as you go down the road of healing yourself, your gifts start to come out. And I love that you put in there that the mentor was was pretty, that was pretty uh, instrumental in the process of you honing your, your gifts. Is that correct? Definitely. Because, you know, a lot happens when you go through this spiritual development that most people really don't understand. And it's everything from, you know, the meaning of certain symbols that you start to connect with, whether it's visually in meditation or in channeling um, to the, you know, the squirrel that keeps running in front of your car on the street. There's so much that goes into it all. And it's, it's vital to have help as you go through that process. And so if you're working on developing your channel, having a mentor, a teacher, a guide is vital. And as you're going through the healing process, it's the same thing. You should have tools that you use and people that you lean on to help you with that. You know, whether it's an array of healers, you know, from a Reiki therapist to a psychologist, uh, you want to have people that you can lean on through these processes so that you know what you're doing and how to get the most out of your healing process. Wow. 
That's awesome. Thank you for that. That's so insightful. And these are things people don't think about. Like, I feel like we're like, you know, in a way people feel isolated nowadays so much. So knowing that this piece is instrumental, I think that's beautiful. That's awesome. And it makes sense to me because I have a handful of, you know, people that have really helped mentor me and help me grow my spiritual practice. And with that, also it makes sense, girl, because with ayahuasca and with all the healing that I gained out of that, you know, I'm realizing I opened up a lot of spiritual gifts that had been, you know, lying dormant and stuff. And, and it's funny that you mentioned like learning how to control it because that is one of them for me. I will be mm-hmm. in a public place. So it's like the most inconvenient time. And right. if someone near me needs healing, I start just sweating now profusely and like like I've been in a Bikram yoga class. And so I too am trying to learn, you know, how to manage and balance all those things. So everything that you say or that you're saying makes complete sense to me. Now I'm curious, was anyone else in your family, did anyone else in your family, um, are they tuned in and know that they have these type of spiritual gifts? And what about your son? my family members do so I, I would say my mom is pretty well connected but she has a lot of difficulty in sort of staying in that controlled space and so she's not a medium but she like many people can connect to spirit when it's their her own spirit guides and so she can hear spirit when it when they're connected to her uh, she can get some visuals and meditation and in the dream state, but she's not uh, like a true, I wouldn't deem her a true channel. And then I have an aunt who is a very powerful Reiki healer. She's not healing others um, professionally at this time, but she used to specialize in working with kids at the Ronald McDonald house back in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And Um, She was actually the first one who introduced me to Reiki and between her and my mom introduced me to different channelers like James Van Prague and that was an interesting experience as well. But there's a lot of people in my family who have gifts and some of them embrace them but some of them completely ignore them and I can see parallels between the people who are ignoring them and how I was before I started to learn about them and do the healing work, you know, your, your life just is disrupted. And that's why control and understanding and all these things are so important. But my son, who is four and a half, he is gifted as well, but he's kind of more typical with his gifts where he fluctuates in and out of them. And so there are times when our house is very active with spirit and he can hear, you know, people talking in the hallway or hear spirit walking into his room and every so often he'll see, but um, he doesn't, it, it's not on, it's not very lasting with him, I should say. So he, he kind of fluctuates, whereas his best friend actually is just a few months older and he is extremely connected like he can sit there and tell you stories about things that happened to his parents when they were children themselves and he sees and talks to spirit oh yeah like this kid is he's 
a channeler big time. Um, wow, that's I, amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and so it's so fun to watch all of this with the kids, especially. And, you know, obviously the parents know what I do. So it's fun to talk with them and give them little tips on what to do to just help them through the process. You know, we're, we're in a good circle, I'd say. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I'm curious, like, so this is a two part question, I guess. One, how were your like religious or spiritual beliefs growing up and once you started tuning into these gifts and this other like spiritual world that you have these gifts in did that change your beliefs and if so what are they now so i was not really brought up in a religious household i can remember as a kid going to presbyterian church on occasion and I, when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I can remember becoming more curious about spirit. Um, but I never really connected with organized religion. And I yep. still don't to this day. Um, you yep. know, I, I don't dog people who are connected to it. I, I just, I wish that people were able to sort of branch past the restrictions that a lot of organized religion puts on them. And, you know, I just believe that when somebody talks about God or Buddha or Allah, that they're really all talking about source. So I believe it's all one, you know, it's, it's all one and we're all connected to it. And, you know, if you're able to free your mind of the restrictions of certain beliefs and just connect with that concept that we are truly all connected and, and it's more about love and support and nurturing versus restriction and fear, then I think it makes people more apt to sort of dive into that self-healing and that peaceful place. And and so I just, I don't connect with organized religion. Uh, I would say I'm spiritual but I'm not religious. Awesome. Um, yeah, there was this meme. It was pretty funny one time I saw it and it showed uh, clouds and above the clouds, it was uh, Jesus. And I believe it was like uh, Buddha and Gandhi, Muhammad. And, uh, and mm-hmm. then it hit, they were talking, they're like, all right, whose turn is it to teach him again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're all taking turns going down to teach them that it's all about love. Like, yeah, all say the same thing. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I'm, I'm curious on this, and this is something, you know, after my ayahuasca experience, um, one of my last deep messages in my ceremony was this powerful message from Mother Ayahuasca that there's this Mother Earth is a, is a thing, and she, like, needs healing right now, like, def- drastically needs healing. But there is a Mother Earth. There's like a Father God, Mother Earth. I did it, you know, to, to be transparent. I got a lot of uh, flack for that, I guess, from people either in my community, family, friends, whatever. People that were like maybe they're religious. They're people. very they were religious people, and you know, teach mm-hmm. their own. I'm not at all uh, down talking them at all. Um, but just the concept of a Mother Earth that I guess offended a lot of people. Did no intention of that. I, it's just literally what I felt and heard in my ceremony. What is your beliefs around a Mother Earth? And do you feel like that's is that you think it's more just like the planet that was created, or do you think there is this spirit of Mother Earth? Or what are your beliefs, if any, around that? Well, I I mean, I. I've heard of the concept of Mother Earth before. Like I believe in Gaia, all of that stuff. And so if I'm not getting yep. as in depth with it as, as 
what your perception is, just let me know. But I, I do have belief in it, beliefs in it. You know, um, there's everything has some energy. I mean, everything is made of energy, so everything has mm-hmm. some level of um, energetic depth to it. And I think that once you get to a certain point of energetic depth, things can take on their own spirit. Um, an example would be a religious artifact, let's say like a, a, a Buddha statue in a temple, for example, or a statue that is sacred of Mother, uh, the Virgin Mary. Um, mm-hmm. Any things like if people are praying to them and recognizing them as being sacred and precious the more energy and attention that they're pouring into these artifacts the more life they're breathing into them you know you can go to a temple or go near a religious shrine and just feel the energy that radiates Mm -hmm. from it and so it's ridiculous to think that there's spirit to Mother Earth. I mean, it, it, Earth in itself is living and breathing in so many different levels and ways that I think it's, it's um, being a bit closed to not consider it as, as something that is of spirit and That's of awesome. life. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I resonate with the way that you explain that for sure. And so I'm so curious what you're going to say to this question. Do you believe there are people walking around that could be angels just disguised in human form? So I do actually believe in that, but I think it's kind of... Me (laughs) too. I I do think it's kind of limited and situational, if you will. Like, I don't feel like an angel is going to reincarnate to just walk through an entire life like you and I are per se. Um, I have channeled this being a situational thing, um, like a client that I had one time who had stepped out into a street in Las Vegas and she was, as she was getting hit by this car, a person literally grabbed her and pulled her back. And so, The accident was quite traumatic and she sustained so many injuries to her legs, but had that person not pulled her back, her entire body would have been impacted and she most likely would have died. And she saw that person's face clearly and she could see that as other people rushed over, that person literally faded back, almost like as if they were disappearing and then nobody else heard of or saw that person she was even saying where's the guy that pulled me back and so i my entire body's tingling (laughs) so i have uh, chills i have chills (laughs) yeah it's a bit i you know there's other ways that i've seen it where um angels their their spirits have come through and said no i was the little boy inside of that body for those 10 years and so i do see them here for longer stints of time but i think it's much more common in those sort of immediate circumstances wow i'm so glad i asked you that (laughs) when you were leading because i love and i can't wait to 
I really enjoyed in the past attending your guided angel meditations that you offer monthly. Mm-hmm. And I love it how, you know, at the end, everyone, I don't know if you still do this, but in the past, everyone, you know, has their, you know, card that you'll give, you know, everyone a, a reading on at the end. And I, that was like my favorite part, obviously. <laughs> and I'm so curious, like, can you hear the, the um, holy angels like speaking to you or do you see visions or is it a feeling like how do you know what to tell these people like how do you get the information and if it is a vision like what do they look like can you even explain that is it even possible for you (laughs) so it comes in all different formats and it's really situational dependent upon who is giving me information so as a medium my channel spirit and meaning our loved ones who have crossed over and as a psychic that's where i channel the energy from angels and totem animals and other sort of guides if you will and so everyone's a little bit different so when i'm getting information visually a lot of times now it's internal so think about um like the scene out of your favorite movie um playing in the back of your mind that's what internal vision looks like but sometimes i get a blend where it's almost like somebody shoots a projector out of my eyes and i can see objects or circumstances in front of me but it's like watching light form in the air and other times yeah yeah. now i've talked to um I don't know if you know Ricardo, but mm-hmm. he's also been very inspiring and inspirational in my life as well as, 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 as well as you. And I know for him, one of the things that he told me that I was, oh, it was like, I could be shopping at the grocery store. And he's like, I literally see spirits like around people, like while I'm shopping. And I was just like, that is crazy. Do you, do you experience that same experience? So I don't. And I do have some other medium friends who get the same thing. It's it's not quite as common with the clairvoyance, um, but that's why I say like every medium is different. Every experience is different. And so I used to see externally more... I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I used to see externally a lot more and it really just depends on the circumstance. So if I'm comfortable in walking around the house, I might see somebody walking down my hallway or, you know, see somebody move in my closet, like that type of thing. But usually when I go yeah. out in public, I'm much more protected energetically so I pretty much put up my defense every time I go out so that I'm not being bombarded because I I don't really want to always be receiving information and spirit and the angels everybody's pretty respectful of that you know if I'm supposed to see something or give somebody a message and it is adamant you know it's pertinent I have to do it they'll make me aware of that and so for me, I'm fortunate. I, I turn the third eye off <laughs> and I, I also yeah. think it's super cool when, when people can see that. But um, yeah. for me, it's a little different. Like I, I feel first and then everything else starts to come into alignment from there. That makes a lot of sense. I had a question on that that just came in when you, you mentioned something very interesting to me. And, you know, Megan, all her gifts are really starting to unlock and come to fruition after ayahuasca. And we're trying to learn how to manage them. 
and she's incredibly empathic, very intuitive. They seems to be getting stronger. You mentioned that you kind of protect yourself before you go out. Do you have any kind of like routine to do that or whether it's a morning routine or something before? Imagining the like light, like, like any advice around that, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So I do have a routine of energetic protection and anybody listening can go to my website on the guidance page to take a look at how to walk through that exercise. But it's basically a series of rooting down into the earth and visualizing white light washing over and through your physical and etheric bodies. And then you want to expand a light out and around you. Now, this is a practice that should be um, adhere to daily and when you're just starting to work on energetic protection you should probably practice doing it multiple times a day especially before you go out into into the public or into work or anything like that where you're going to be around multiple people and even before I go into like an auditorium, for example, say with a couple hundred people, I put up extra defenses and I'll see that bubble of light really thick around me and I'll set intentions into it. And then I visualize things in the space being hurled at the bubble and bouncing right off, like indicating this is impenetrable and this is my safe space and this is my place of protection. And then I also do visualizations of opening and closing a door that is basically between the brow chakra and the crown. And when the doors open, this is my signal to anybody and everybody who is of the spirit world and of the light who needs to connect with me that I'm open for that connection and when I close it that's the understanding that I'm off duty and I need my space wow, yeah. <laughs> well yeah you gotta have a break I would I can't even imagine like it always being always being turned on <laughs> Yeah, and, Man, and nobody should be, you know, we all, you really do energetically, you need time to be disconnected yeah. from all of that because when you're channeling, so much of your brain is working. Um, I, I recently did some training with an, another medium, Lisa Williams, and she does a lot of studies with a group of neurologists and they actually have been studying the way mediums brains work and what she taught us is that they found in these studies that you're literally firing aspects of every lobe of the brain when you are working as a medium and so I can imagine that even if you're channeling differently like on the psychic level versus mediumship wise you've got to be firing more parts of the brain than what you would be to you know perform a regular or a routine daily task so it's extremely tiring you know and it, say, it, it sounds like it's draining <laughs> it it is and and that's the thing it's it's not to say that there aren't ways to work on your channel so that you're not as drained, but you know, it's tiring just like any other form of physical work because you're using so much of your energy. Yeah. Have you ever considered or had the desire to work, you know, like on cases to help missing people or is that just too much of like a lower vibration, negative, dark thing? I have thought about it a few times and, um, you know, I just don't feel like that's really the path where I'm supposed to go. People who get into that level of, 
um, psychic and mediumship work really have to go through some pretty extensive training. And there's just, you know, I feel a lot of weight when somebody comes in and says, you know, I've been trying to get pregnant for eight years. Am I going to conceive? And I'm like, oh man, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, there's so yeah. much riding on that. I can't imagine the intensity of like missing persons cases. I just, I, I don't feel like that's right for me. Same. I, I wouldn't be able to handle that as well. Mm-hmm. So the one, my favorite part of my readings with you besides helping me find my husband and (laughs) all these amazing other things is you know my deep deep connection and love um with animals Mm -hmm. and I feel like you and I share that and um and I just love how you can just be in tune and connect with an animal and how you brought me so much I honest to God like know that it's true and um, I had um, I had two babies they for their full lives mm-hmm. um, and they were out of all the animals I have these were the two that were just like the most special for me and um, yeah Baron Rex and I remember when they passed, I had two animals. He told me, like, don't get looking for animals because you knew that I would. <laughs> You're like, let, let them come to you. You know, let, let the divine team bring them to you. And it happened. And you told me that it's possible, you know, for our animals when they pass over, that they can come back again and help us again in this, in this realm, in this world. But mm-hmm. sometimes they come back the same sometimes they come back as a different you know species or sometimes they decide to stay on the other side and assist you on that side and you told me that those two were coming back and girl like I know it I know it like it's great <laughs> I have these two souls and it's like this is the same soul like I know it's the same soul and it brought me so much comfort and and I just I bring that up because there's so many people you know that have lost a pet and when you're a true animal lover it's truly devastating you know to yeah. lose a, a beloved pet yeah, right i just wanted you to touch on that because that would bring a lot of people comfort that are going through that hey like they can still be helping you it, it's so true. I have seen it where animals will come through and they say, I'm going to come back. Or sometimes they show me like the, the, a symbol, like a recycling symbol, which is the understanding for me that they're going to return in this physical lifetime. And other times they're like, no, I have no <laughs> interest in coming back. I'm going to stay up here. And I can actually, as I'm talking, I can see one of my cats who is like a little soulmate for me. And she's she always uh-huh. tells me I'm not coming back. She doesn't want to be uh-huh. here. Um, but, but she, I, I mean, you know, I feel her on my bed at night. Like she's always around me. So I, it's okay at this point. But it's so devastating when we lo- lose our loved ones like that. And you can actually ask spirit if they will come back. And like if I asked her, she's so stubborn, she would not do it and so I wouldn't want to do that to her but other animals you can say you know I really just I miss your spirit and I just need to have you by my side and if they know that that's true that that's what's in your heart they'll usually do what they can to get back to you so you know animals are so different and what 
I also feel like brings a lot of peace. And this is my, my mentor. Um, she channels animals. That was kind of her specialty. She preferred that to channeling human spirit, actually. And what she taught me, and I later found out as I started channeling animals was true, is that animals, you know, they don't have the veil the same way that we do. Like we have to do all this work to reopen our third eye and they don't. And especially cats, dogs are pretty good, but these animals can see all this stuff going on around us that our physical eyes don't typically pick up on. And so they not only are aware of other planes in existence with this, but they also know that when they cross over, they become puppies and kittens and all that stuff again whenever they want to come back. And so there's, it, it's not to um, knock any fear of, you know, getting a shot or um, going through pain or anything like that. They still have those experiences, but they know, they remember what it's like to be on the other side and they have the awareness wow. that they, they get to come back to. Oh, wow. So something, since I so began getting my Reiki attunement, something that I'm really, you know, wanting to do is to work on animals. Like, that's, like, my ultimate. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm curious, I know you do Reiki. Um, do you work with animals? Do you in do energy healing with animals? Or is that something that you, you know, want to do? I've just done it for a few of my friends. Um, so a couple people whose animals were going through things, um, a friend whose cat was going through cancer, another one whose dog was getting close to crossing over. And, and animals, for the most part, dogs are pretty open up to receiving. Um, cats tend to be a lot more picky about stuff like that. My cat used to let me do Reiki on her, but um, as far as doing that professionally, it's not an area that I've gotten into. It's just more, you know, if I have a friend whose loved one's in need, then I'm going to help them out, you know? Oh, I love that. And Leslie, we get an uh, interesting uh, crowd on our podcast. Like a mm -hmm. lot of people, uh, there's some people that um, understand all this, but we get a lot of people that are very new to all this or just being opened up to it. You being a Reiki master, would you mind just explaining uh, a little more in depth about the power behind Reiki and um, how it actually helps heal people? Sure. So Reiki is all about channeling divine source energy to provide healing. And the healing that we give to clients can happen on an emotional level, physical level, spiritual levels. It's it's pretty much all levels of the human being. A lot of people can, can interpret this as like a, a chi or a pranic level of healing. So um, when I consider that level, it's kind of like we have physical energy, we have uh, etheric energy, which is like our spirit body. And then we've got the pranic that kind of is the blend of the two. And you're able to affect all of those things. And so you can work on channeling divine light to move through your channel meaning like through your chakras and out through your hands and literally address healing for people physically mentally emotionally and and everywhere sort of in between and so you can also get past life healing from a reiki session wow. and yeah there's just there's so much that can happen with that but sort of the baseline of it is 
pulling light through your etheric body to channel out through your hands with intention and all in positive attention, intention, of course. And using that light energy, you raise the person's vibration. And most often you're dealing with the seven main chakras. So from the root all the way up to the crown. And you're also working on balancing the chakras, aligning them, and just getting the energy body um, more balanced as a whole so that people People can feel more at peace, more rested, more grounded as well. And do you find that breath work also is a great way to balance chakras? I believe so, because there's so much centering that comes in that. And, you know, you're you're bringing in clear, pure energy and you're trying to release the negative and the old. You know, I would obviously set up channel to, to open up at the crown and root down into the earth as a part of staying connected right. and releasing. Um, and then you always want to be mindful of the intentions, too. But I think breath work is really important. And in fact, when I do Reiki sessions, um, I'm doing everything from taking deep breaths when I'm feeling people are prepared to do a big release to even yawning as just the energy just moves through me so quickly. And so you can feel your own breath will fluctuate even as you do the work on people or pets. Wow. That's so cool. Um, so I had a quick question for you too. Um, you know, getting into this world, one thing that we've seen, you know, we live in such a fear-based society. A lot of people, unfortunately, see things like this and they're like, oh, you're talking to demons. It's not of the light. And yeah, you're this. being it's an, it's an angel in uh, disguise. You're like, you're being deceived, right? Like all that kind of craziness that we know mm -hmm. is just kind of ridiculous. But not ever because people have been such a fear-based mindset in society, they immediately go there. How would you respond to that? And have you dealt with that in your life? Well, I've definitely dealt with that. And even to this day, you know, sometimes I'll I'll be at like a social event and I'll meet somebody and we'll be chatting away and having a great old time. And then as soon as they find out what yep. I do, I've literally had people stop talking, turn and just oh. walk away. And so and and really when that happens, I just think, well, I'm, you know, as some people would say, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I, I don't really feel that way. But, but I, you know, I just think, well, you know, they seemed nice on the surface, but I, I you know, clearly we're not on the same page. Um, I just right. think that when people have that mindset, they probably really haven't dealt with the differences between the light and the dark because there, there really are dark forces. There is demonic energy and that taps into some of the stuff that we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast is it's important to have tools to help you through this process and yes. mentors people that know what they're doing and have experience with this because there are certain etheric rules and different things that you can do say um, and use that help you truly align with the light and you know i know other psychic mediums and stuff who don't discern what they channel mm. they're okay with Oof. the with channeling anything that will give them information and then those are the people that i just don't stay in their space because i only yeah. align with the light and if somebody ever says that what i'm doing is demonic i'll say you know i can tell you that i understand what you're talking about because i've seen demonic energies i've been under attack 
by the dark stuff before, but that、mm. stuff started happening before I ever opened my channel to learn how to control it. But that's、mm-hmm. part of the reason why I learned about all of this was so that I wouldn't be vulnerable to that. You know, I've been seeing that dark stuff since I was a little girl, and now I know how to handle it when it comes into my space, and it almost never does because my defenses are up so high that I can、yep. I can detect it as soon as it's here and get rid of it、yep. immediately. And do you know like that like? Why does sage work? Because girl, I've started my insomnia. You know, has been horrible forever. And there's some things that I've implemented that have like truly helped that I thought were crazy. Feng Shui one, but that's not even what we're going to talk about. But burning sage every night, and so it's so funny. Dave and I, we, we have a feather. He likes the sage. I have the feather. We go through the entire house saying our mantras of protection while we're burning the sage. And girl, I've had the best sleep that I've ever had. And And I'm just wondering, do you know, like, why is it that that works? I, I mean, do you have an answer to that? I, I don't know if I have a full blown answer to it, but I think this kind of taps into, on many levels,、um, the same example of like the religious deities, you know, and so.、Yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where it's been used for so long. There's so、yep. much belief and energy just poured into it that、yeah. it, it has taken on its own power. I mean, I see. Wow. No, that's that's great, and you know that's you know it's been mind blowing for me. It's crazy how truly spiritual the world we live in is. Like it's all it, it's constantly spiritual. Like there's spirits all around, and you know、uh, things like that are, are so important. And I, you know, getting into this world, it's becoming more and more apparent. And that's why it's important to discern. Why it's important to you can't hide from it. You can hide from it, but I mean, it, it doesn't mean it's not. It does. It's not true. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's but yeah,、um, the sage is amazing and. You know, even if you're not like a true believer and in sage or what it does, you know, when you're around it and you've experienced the difference in the energy, in a place from before it's used and after, you feel it whether you're connected spiritually or not. Oh yeah, and, and just like mantras and affirmations, like how powerful those are, how powerful our words are, you know? right? It's crazy. It's like magic. <laughs> so, talking about spirits, I wanted to touch on plant spirits real quick because, girl, I gotta say thank you. I had a reading with you, and you know what's crazy? It, it was an hour reading, and and I love that you you write notes. You write down on paper all the notes that come to you, and you give it to me. It's just great. Some people don't do that. And they're like, oh my god, what did they say? And so, <laughs> I love that you do that. But what is Is that you gave me this amazing reading about all these things that are amazing, and I definitely help. But you wrote something down that you did not even discuss with me. You wrote down on my last reading with you, ayahuasca, but you never mentioned it in our reading. And I told David I was going through my notes. I was like, just kind of recapping everything you told me. And I was like, oh my gosh, ayahuasca! I didn't even say anything about it. And girl, <laughs> that's why I went through with it because you wrote it down. I went through with it, and here I am, like had so much healing. And so I just want to say thank you for that. But I, I wanted to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on plant medicine? 
So I'm really open to plant medicine. I personally have not experienced ayahuasca, but I have heard so many profound uh, stories behind it. And so I'm familiar with the concepts of it and, and certain, you know, the format and whatnot. But I know that that's not the only type of plant medicine out there. I mean, people are going back to naturally treating yes. their body and their mind and their spirit. And I, I, you know, I don't believe like one plant medicine is right for everybody, but I also think that that's why yep. there's so many different formats to choose from. And, you know, yeah. I, I think I'm just, I'm open to it. You know, I think that people who have, um, there might be some asterisks, you know, around some people who maybe have like certain dysfunctions and whatnot and, and their ability to use something like that. But again, there's so many different right. levels of plant medicine and healing. I think that when you're working with experienced practitioners, that that can be uh, a profound experience that that not only provides insight, but deep levels of healing that probably Western medicine can't compare with. Wow. Awesome. 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 Um, the kind of off the wall question, but I'm always super interested to ask this with people with these intuitive gifts. Uh, what do you believe happens after death? Oh, that's kind of a long thing. <laughs> I'll give you my short, my short version. I do believe that we are greeted by a loved one or loved ones as soon as we are crossing over. And, um, you know, I do get this concept of like a tunnel of light type of thing. It's uh, to me, that's more of what you go through and channel when you move from one realm to another. And so you're just literally moving from the physical plane back to the etheric. And I do understand that there's healing that happens when you get there. Lots of life review and learning, and it's a very ongoing process. Um, I've never bothered to channel what my beliefs are or try to, to challenge them just yet about how long we're over there in between lives because I do believe it varies. Yeah. Um, but I have some astrologist friends who say it's typical to be more like 70 to, to like 100 some years than it is to be anything less than that. But yet I've heard of other circumstances where somebody comes back pretty quickly. Um, wow. I, I believe that whole time you're over there, you're literally healing like we do here on certain levels from the process that you've gone through. So actions that you were supposed to do, did you accomplish them? Um, did they positively impact the people around you and yourself uh, or negatively? And I do think too, you know, I, I believe in that a concept similar to purgatory, um, but not that true format that I don't believe if you did something bad, you get punished and you get sent away. I believe we retreat into our own healing space and do a lot of reflection and that that's what people um, deem as sort of like a purgatory type of state. Um, but that will hinder whether or not or how quickly you come back. So we do a lot of healing and learning and then we do a lot of prep work before we choose the next time around and what's going to be the right situation. And so there's a lot of background work that happens before we come in back into this lifetime. Got it. And, and do you believe that, you know, your next life that you will find 
your husband again? Like you always find each other in each live? I do not. No, I think that that <gasps> changes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, I think that that changes. And and what I've channeled before is that, you know, we have these sort of soul groups and you know, I can I can visualize visualize this big bubble of all these different souls within it and they're all a part of our soul family and some are like our closest best friends, our love partners, our parents, like that type of thing and others are more like our, you know, fourth and sixth cousins. And at each one has a role coming in and out of these lives, but we may not share every life together. And a lot of that depends on what our goals are, what we still have to accomplish. And if we are able to support each other in accomplishing those things in a lifetime, then we'll come back together. But if for some reason our goals don't meet or we may hinder one another's growth, then we take a step back and let them have that experience with another soulmate. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. I've never heard that. Uh, never heard that before. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. How much more time do you have with us, Leslie? I've got five minutes. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. What is your take on spirit guides? Who are they? And who are they? Ooh, spirit guides. There's all kinds of spirit guides. So spirit guides are literally anybody from spirit, like your loved ones who have crossed over, to angels, more celestial guides like Atlanteans, Palladians, goddesses, um, there's totem animals, and then of course like our little spirit animals, like our, our pets that have crossed over. So there's a lot of different types of energy. I kind of blanket everybody into the concept of being celestial, because I think everything comes from a celestial nature, but then you can divide it up into categories like elementals and angels and totem animals. Nice. I love that. And these mm -hmm. are who send people messages that are able to receive them as so. For me, example, you know, whether it's number sequences or a feather, um, those are coming from that divine team, would you say? Yes. And so what I've found is most often when you're getting those types of signs and symbols is that it's coming from like your guardian angel or from your spirit guides. So your loved ones who have crossed over. Our higher self serves as a guide as well. Uh, I just don't usually lump it into that category, but you know, the, the higher self tends to work more internally. So for example, mm -hmm. if you've gone through um, some sort of experience in your past that you felt like you healed from, and then all of a sudden the trauma is coming up again and you're not sure why it's there, your higher self is bringing it up to let you know that there's something else there, a deeper level that you still need healing to deal with in order to completely clear the past and move on. That's awesome. awesome. Great explanation. Well, <laughs> um, we have loved having you. I can talk to you forever. I have like 30 more <laughs> Before we get off here, tell us about the services you're currently offering, if any of them are virtual, and how can people find you? So uh, I am based in Austin, Texas, and I do have an office in South Austin, so clients can book with me directly there. My website is lesliewhirling.com and you can find me 
online, on social media, all over the place, really. And I do have a YouTube channel that I am building. So if you're interested in trying any of my guided meditations, um, there's short affirmation videos, and then there's longer journey style meditations that are up around the hour range. And I'm continuing to build on that. I should have some instructional videos coming up on YouTube pretty soon as well. Uh, I do offer mostly one-on-one private sessions. I do some group sessions as well, occasional gallery readings and crystal energy healing, which is my form of Reiki. And so, yeah, I love working with clients. I mean, this is my life. This is my every day and I'm doing my calling. And so I'm honored to, to work with every person that I get to channel for. I do work both in person and remotely. I've got clients around the world and connect with me. I'm looking forward to it. And since people that are listening to this, a lot of people are like trying to find healing and, and relief mm-hmm. and ways that are not, you know, uh, detriment, have that horrible side effects. I know that is your your husband does physical therapy, right? He does, yes. He has his own so, PT clinic in South Austin. Yeah, so if you wanted to go ahead and plug that away, you're more than welcome to do so. Sure. Uh, my him. husband... Thank you. His name is James Whirling, and he's a doctor of physical therapy, and he works with other DPTs in his clinic in South Austin called ProMotion PT. And Texas just actually became a direct access state so that people can get healing directly from PTs without a referral. Um, This has been a long time coming and now clients can be seen directly without a a script and can get healing immediately. He works with all kinds of specialized techniques from TMJ, craniosacral to dry needling, um, all kinds of alignment issues, post-surgical and he and his team are fantastic healers as well. I'm, I'm blessed to be connected to them. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leslie. Anytime we have a podcast, we always end with one last question. If you have one message to leave the world with, what would it be? Take the time to work on you and do some healing because your life will be so much fuller, so much richer when you start doing work on you. Couldn't oh. agree with you more. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much for all your time. Yeah, um, I think you. we definitely see an episode two in the future sometime because this is the week. I would love that. We've got to have questions. <laughs> You've been amazing. Thank you again so, so much for your time, Yes, yeah, Have a wonderful day and happy healing, everyone. Happy healing. All right. Happy healing. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.